Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Today we're going to continue our conversation on Advent, and we left off in the last episode. The three of us were left. (laughs) Some reason I got the DC Comics cartoon, um, Batman cartoon theme song stuck in my head. And uh, so we're (laughs) we're going to talk about, uh, Tom brought up the question of how can the second coming be joyful. So in the season of Advent, we've talking about the coming of the Christ in the baby as a baby, as we also um, consider the second coming in this time. And we've talked about delayed gratification, being patient, hope and the light coming to the world. So uh, we'll start with how can the second coming be joyful? Um, and Tom, you alluded to when you were growing up that it was anything but going to be a joyful event. So how have you um, reframed that to be a joyful event, Tom? Well, as every ex-evangelical or fundamentalist knows, the best way to scare a kid into coming forward at church camp or at some revival is to talk about Jesus coming back and then to talk about uh, if Jesus came back and saw you doing the things you normally do, what, you know. So <laughs> it's, it, it was a scary thought. It was um, something that was talked about to trick you into going forward. And I've just been struck this Advent more than ever before. Hmm. And it was mainly because I was looking at the collect for the second Sunday of Advent, and it says, Merciful God, you who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation, give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins, that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. And in seminary, my liturgy professor would always tell us that the Eucharist was about the return of Christ. And I and I always greet communion with joy. And and if we meet Christ at the table and we say Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. And then suddenly we're there with Jesus in the presence of Christ at the table. It's always struck me as a joyful moment. Hmm. And I, I I've just become convicted that that if God is love, and He is, and and we've been taught to that, you know, Jesus loves us so much that He uh, came to Earth and did everything He did to restore humanity and creation. John seventeen, John three seventeen, um, that the the fear is gone for me in thinking about the second coming is what I'm trying to say. Hmm. It's just. This is a, and I'm, and I'm struck by how different that is for me, hmm. because 
I've been challenging our parish. We're going to, instead of just ignoring Christmas, let's celebrate Advent, the joyful coming of Jesus. And it's really struck me that this is joyful. Uh, We have nothing to fear. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? You know, shall famine, hardship, he who did not spare his own son, but gave himself up for you. So this is our... This should be the most joyful season of the year, more so than Christmas. Um, because Christmas is just a, a, a foretaste of Advent. Like the baby Jesus is just a sample of what's to come. And, and, and Christmas is a season we have ruined by making it about consumerism. Um, has anyone seen that movie Spirit with Will Ferrell and Yep. Yep. Okay. I love the book A Christmas Carol. It's my favorite story. I read it every December. And it always makes me cry when that scene you know the scene in the book when Bob Cratchit I'm just rambling on and on, but that scene in the book sorry guys. Interrupt me. That scene in the book with Bob Cratchit where he says um, he comes home from church, family's there cooking the dinner. Mrs. Cratchit says to Bob, um, how was he today? And he says, he was perfect. You know, I'm just summarizing here. He was hmm. perfect. He, he is, he says the strangest things. When we were walking to church and I was carrying him, he said, or walking home, he says he thinks it it does the people good to see a crippled boy because it will remind them of him who, and I can't even say it because I get all choked up, hmm. made the lame to walk and the blind to see. So he, it's that time of year, guys. <laughs> wow. It's happy. Wow. That was good, Tom. That was good, Tom. Everett, I think you were about to I'm jump going, in on one part. I'm going to disagree with um, sort of the premise that Tom is arguing from, and it's not oh, here that we, go. we are here. We go that we're supposed to be. <laughs> it's not that we're supposed to be afraid of Jesus, right? I mean, because because Jesus is the one who 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 loves us completely. It's not. It's it's you know the proper preface of Advent says that when He comes again, we will um, we, we will. We won't have uh, have shame or fear, but we will rejoice at his coming. So so it's not that, that the second coming is something we're supposed to be f- afraid of. Um, but Advent is a, is a specific season in which the prayers and which the readings call us to account for the way that we are living our lives. And so to simply just make it about celebration of Advent, the celebration of joy, seems to disregard the colics, the fiery preaching of John the Baptist. John's the one who takes center stage um, and his warnings to the people. Um, and, and, and we're the brood of vipers. We're the, 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 the ones who, who, who often think that we're, we're righteous and, and we've got all our stuff all together. Um, and it, and it fails to call into account the ways in which we need to, you know, we need to take seriously: Are we living the life that God would want us to live, or or not? And it doesn't it doesn't have to be 
a, you know, I'm, I'm going to hit myself and I'm so horrible and so awful, but it's also a season that specifically, you know, call, asks us to, 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 to think about, um, the life that, that, that we're living. And, uh, it, it's, it's, it's why, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I think that the whole notion of just celebrating Advent ignores almost everything liturgically in, in Advent. Can I touch back, Justin? Yeah, go. I'm. Yep. Uh, Everett, you. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something funny. So, it, Everett, it, you I, ignorant I, slut. Yeah. <laughs> I. I think it can be that. It can be the. I mean, you're. I'm not going to say you're wrong, but. As I've heard these texts this year, what it's remind I John is not I'm preaching to me. Um, John is there's a liturgical sense in which John is preaching to all of us. You're right mm-hmm. because he's calling us to um, put our we're being called to put ourselves in the place of those people waiting for this kingdom of God to come. But there's another sense in which um, I've I'm a part of the kingdom. I've as I'm hearing these texts read, it's it has had this for this year. It's had the opposite effect on me. It's not been a reminder to repent, which I think we mix up Advent and Lent. Um, but it's just been a a reminder but, but, but of both of them the were, joy. Were that, both of them seasons of, of both of them have traditionally been seasons of fasting and self denial, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, but, I'm just saying. But, I'm just saying, like, like, like the broad tradition of Advent is diametrically opposed to what you're saying. But so it's it's. I mean, it's season? fine if you want to create your own season. No, here we go. Oh my gosh. Here we go. Okay, First Tom, all, finish your thought. Only two. We, we only hear that for two weeks. And this year, we really only heard it for one week. Um, what? This is A. This is A. The repentance. This Sunday, we're going to hear about... Um, well, okay, we heard it for two weeks. But this Sunday, we're going to hear the story from Joseph's perspective. Uh, so... It's okay, not so, so, so first, it's so not first hold Sunday. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Tom, Tom finish the your first thought. Sunday is about no one will know the hour, and they were eating and drinking, and they were taken. The second right. one is that a is, thing? is is Matthew saying, "Repent, for the kingdom of God has come near." And um, the 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 third one. Is you have John the Baptist saying, "Gosh, here I'm waiting in prison, and I don't know if this is the right thing." I mean, hey, Everett. I mean, all of those. Te- when yeah. did when did Jesus decide those texts would be read in which weeks? Ooh. <laughs> well, so, so we're part of a, we're part of a liturgical tradition that we receive. Is that I'm not? You know better than me. I mean, I'm fruit. just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, come. I'm not saying that you can't be. I'm not saying you can't be joyful. I'm not saying you can't be joyful and you have to stay locked in your room and you can't do anything, but I'm just saying like, like, 
it just it doesn't make sense with the readings and the collects and the and, yeah. the and the broad tradition of the church. That first text, um, one will be taken and the other left. You want it to be left. To be taken in the context of the gospel was to be mm -hmm. taken away into captivity, like Babylonian captivity, captivity and slavery, right? I'm just saying that that if you have done the right thing, and so if you're sitting there and you're not pursuing or preparing or waiting, I can see how that could be. A, that's a fearful thought. But if you've sat there, if you're sitting there hearing that and you are preparing, you are doing what you are seeking Christ and his kingdom, then you should hear that and and be and not be afraid. Are you, it sounds like you're saying you should just uh, force yourself to be afraid like you should be the and I'm just no. I Everett mean, I just and I, I would think not I, be arguing about this if it weren't on the. Well, we probably would be, but uh. <laughs> wait. But I mean, I mean, here's the thing: is like, like you can sit there and you can both at the same time take serious God's judgment of the world and God's judgment of me, and rest in the knowledge that 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 we are already forgiven and God sees us through Jesus's eyes. But and that's but my point. To deny, but to deny the fact. That 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 you know the whole readings and the collects call us to account mm -hmm. of judgment, and it's just simply about this time of joy. Seems to just disregard liturgically what we're doing and saying. That's all I'm saying. I I agree with you, but I also am saying what I'm saying is that. I mean, I think you, you can sit there and say you don't have to live in fear. Of Jesus's right. return, you don't have to sit there and 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 you know act like you know God's going to come back and beat us up, but <laughs> you can still sit there and have a season where you're like sin's real, and yeah, and I'm and I'm and I'm chief among them. Yes, of course, but Amen. Okay, uh, the, go ahead, Justin. Yeah, I, let me I jump can in argue here. with them all day. Okay, so there's so what what I hear. And what I take away from this is, is for me, there's not just one message in one way to interpret this this season. Um, now, right. I know that Everett, you are through and through lectionary guy, and that is the church. That is the greater church, and I know that you're going that route. But there's also I, a time right. to when the church can beat the hell out of people and just dish out misery, get it right, you're wrong, you need to repent over and over and over. And that's how some people view the church. So taking into account that, especially someone coming out of a fundamental world, what's the, what's the joy that's coming? And that's something else to look at. Now, on the other foot, is the same thing you're talking about. There is an instance to where. And so, I mean, I think it's the same thing of like, you know, um, 
Pentecost, when you know people are speaking and they're hearing their language, I think there are things going on in each season of the church to where they can be interpreted differently and heard differently. And so um, there is, you know, a lot of times too in this in in our world, this season isn't filled with joy because there's so much stress. There's stress on people to get the right gift and to get this done and that done and all these things. And I think that's where we were leading out the gate with it. Um, because last week you said too, it's like, oh yeah, it is a joyful season. Um, and, and I'm not just jumping on you either. I get both well, points. I'm just, no, I'm saying, I'm saying we don't, I mean, we can sit there and we can, we can still celebrate and, and have fun. It's not like we have to sit locked in our in, in our rooms and, and, and can't come out. <laughs> right. um, I'm just I'm just saying that, that take off uh, your hair the, shirt, Everett. <laughs> the, the liturgical the liturgical focus is one upon you know upon judgment. And and what I would say to people who come from a fundamentalist background um, is that the beauty of a liturgical calendar is is that it invites us into these intentional times in which we can think about those messages of, of, of judgment and and the warnings to not be self-righteous and just think we have our stuff together because those are important messages for us to hear but but it's not messages that you hear every single Sunday that we have particular seasons in which we are invited into self-reflection um, and consideration of am I being a faithful disciple and there's nothing wrong with that no of course not but every <laughs> Every Sunday is what? Every Sunday is what? Every what are we hear Nathan Jennings. Yes, every Sunday is Easter. If you grew up where, and I know you spent a little bit less time in that world, but if you grew up where Justin and I grew up, every Sunday is Good Friday. <laughs> Am I right, Justin? Yeah. They don't. They don't need. If they're listening to this and they were fundamentalist or evangelical. They don't need any education. Mm. I don't need any help in learning how to repent. I mean, every time I read the Bible, I just hear my childhood voices and even the interpretation of text I grew up with telling <laughs> me I am going to hell. Right. I mean, I am 24. If I put any thought into it at all, I'm pretty much repenting every day. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty much the last thing I say to God every night uh i know that sounds sick but god please forgive me for my sins but um i remember just being so confused by advent and i'm trying to think about the purpose of this podcast Clearly. for people who might be listening and i listen did you hear that did you hear that justin that was the best burn of this whole podcast uh, so Here's, and I got, I'm, fire, I'm fired up, man. But Justin, or Everett and Justin, what the heck are... Let's Now let's really be realistic. Forget about what the prayer book says or the liturgical um, point of the season for just a second. And what's the reality of all the people in the pews? Like, first of all, you're lucky to get them to come because... They're so dang busy. The crowd is completely turned over from normal. You're seeing people who are coming back because it's Christmas time. 
and then your regulars are suddenly gone. Do you know what I mean? This is what I'm experiencing. The mm-hmm. crowds are good, but they're different all of a sudden. And it's just the most confusing time of the year from the perspective. Any message, I'm just trying to get through any message. If I could somehow figure out a way to grab everybody by the ears and say, hey, guys, <laughs> here's the liturgic, like, ex- give him a 10-minute Everett Lee's speech, like the one we just heard, and just w- wake them out of their stupor and get them to give me two, just two solid weeks of thinking about repentance, I would be tickled pink. But I'm just trying to get them to realize it's not Christmas yet. That's, if I can just get them to do that, that's a huge vic- liturgical victory, I feel like. But um, that, that is very hard. Just that alone is very hard to do. Don't you, don't you think, Everett? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's hard. It's 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 hard for all of us. I mean, I I come home, I watch my Christmas movies. I, I've got the Hallmark Channel on. Um, got my Christmas tree up in the the corner. I'm you what? To, to, yeah, you've got your Christmas tree up. Oh, absolutely. Oh it's a it's it's there, there's nothing wrong with it. That's what I'm saying. Like we don't have to sit there and 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 have a, a joyless, soulless world, but. I feel like you just traded places in this argument. <laughs> no, see, and that's what you misunderstand. I think that's what you misunderstand. Like, like, like the good news is is that we are we are in fact invited into this season of repentance, self reflection, and considering of God's judgment, and hearing the good news that Christ has come for us and that Christ is for us, and, and that we have no reason to fear fear or shame as a result, but it doesn't come because we deny the the, the reality of, of, of our misgivings and our and our failures. It's because of the goodness and the power of God's grace and love. I feel like you he's guys actually did just switch roles. No. <laughs> because no, you no, just reinforced what win. Tom started this podcast with. No. No, because no, <laughs> no. No, what I'm talking about is what what is the what does the liturgy say about it? And that, and that is, is that that God's judgment is real, that that our sins are not unimportant, but that God's grace is bigger than that, and and that's, and a, that's the whole thing. When joy. I say that we do not, we, yeah. we don't have to have shame or fear at His second coming. This is not about creating shame and fear. This is about taking serious who we are and where we stand. Well, that's what I was trying to say. I thought that's what you were saying too. <laughs> Well, yeah, seriously, Everett, I'm not kidding. That's what I, and it, but you started out from a different place than he did. And so, and right. so, and I, and, and like, uh, I feel weird saying lectionary wise, but readings why I think you explained it better in a way, not better, but you know what I mean? You explained it from here's this, but here's why. And he started out as in the here's why. Um, yeah. If that makes I don't sense. disagree with anything Everett said. I just, <laughs> I'm just saying that this year these thoughts have been more joyful to me than normal. And as a Swedish American, that means I've gotten my joy level up to four out of ten. You know, <laughs> where you guys are normally just living at eight, I think probably. So uh, it's just too much. It's too much joy for me to take. Eeyore, basically. Yeah, Eeyore, that's right. 
Okay, so what do you do, the people? What do you do? What do you say to the people that are just sick of it all and and sick of Jesus in this season and all those things because of past, because of Jesus being the reason for the season and Jesus being shoved down your throat and all these things? What do you do with that kind of... Say more of, about that. Do, do those people exist? I mean, because because of Chris... Are you saying like... Tell me, say more about what you're saying. Who, who, who are these people? Um, so it's people, I mean, it's people who have been hurt um, by okay. the church, the evangelical, the fundamental go, you know, for whatever reason, you know, you can insert reasons here and you get to this time, you get to this place to where it's just like um, you have Christianity fighting for Jesus being the reason of the season. And they're just like, oh my God, are you serious? You know, and then there's the other side who are, who are, you know, fighting against it, maybe something like that. And I say fighting with quote fingers. Um, there's just people who are sick of it. Um, and- yeah, I think, I think there's a lot, I think there's, and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and it's because of how unhealthy a lot of evangelical and fundamentalist churches are. But I think there's a lot of people who define themselves about what they're not or what they're <laughs> against mm. than who they are. And, Kenneth Tanner, I think, had this the other day, and he said, um, "If if your if your definition of is I'm an X, fill in the blank, then you're still then your 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 identity is still the thing that you say you you, you don't want anymore. So if you're if you're an X evangelical, well, you're still you're still defining your Christianity by what the evangelicals say. Um, and, does a does an alcoholic? That, say I'm an alcoholic when they don't drink anymore? Yes. Okay. You got to understand, and Tom alluded to this earlier, and I and I really, and I feel like I'm really pointing my finger at you, and I don't mean to be, but you have to understand, Tom alluded to this, and, I, and it hit so hard. When Tom said when he reads the Bible, he still reads it through the eyes of his old faith. And that is something that I will never ever, ever be able to shed. And that's not something that you can do because it's not your experience. I look through everything with this lens of the past and I can't get rid of it no matter how hard I want to try it. So thanks, Ken Tanner, but you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Well, Ken Ken Tanner was in that world. I mean, so that you're wrong. Nope. You can't Man, argue my experience. Fun. You cannot argue I'm not, my experience. I'm not, arguing, I'm not arguing your experience. What I'm saying is is that, that there is a spiritual growth and development where we have to stop defining ourselves by what we are not, but what we are. I don't disagree with the idea, but it's hard. It's hard. It really so, is. The people that I've noticed doing what Justin was talking about, what I think Justin is saying, I feel like are, um, I feel like we struggle with that in, in our church because we're so used to associating that kind of Bible Jesus talk with um, maybe uh, some right-wing politics or... Uh, I don't, I don't know, just 
fill in the blank of whatever. If you live in the Bible Belt, something that drives you crazy, or and then we we have trouble um, just reminding ourselves, hey, we're Christians, and this is <laughs> this is our season, uh, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? And uh, I yeah, I and that that's the other side of the coin. Like if I'm if I'm starting in that place, I. I want to emphasize, I want to begin wherever it began at the beginning of this and say, hey, you guys <laughs> need to think about this. Uh, I remember I went... I and, I, and, and, and Justin, I get, I get that it's hard because, I mean, that was, that, that was my worldview. I mean, that was the, that, that was the worldview that was, that, was placed, that was placed upon me, right? And, and so I get how hard it is to break out of that worldview. But... What, what I'm saying is if you go and you, 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 you know, um, you know, point to, to, to several books on, on, on deconstruction that at some point we have to stop talking about deconstructing and we have to talk about reconstructing. Um, Episcopalians are, 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 are not immune to this. Like we'll sit there and we'll say stuff well, like, well, we don't have to check our brains at the door and all our ways of defending ourselves against what we're not rather than saying, okay, well then who are we? What are we for? Right. Right. No, I, I don't disagree. So I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not denying that experience. I'm not right. sitting there saying that it's not hurtful, that it's not harmful, that right. it still doesn't come back to bite you. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that if you stay in a place where you're constantly just saying, well, I'm an ex evangelical, right. or an ex fundamentalist, right, right. you're still defining yourself against as opposed to saying what you are for. I get that too. And I get that too. And that's a, and, and that's a better way to say it than you did the first time. Um, but then and, when the podcast would be boring if we said everything right the first time. <laughs> because right. I, and I remember Rob Bell saying the same thing. He would ask people, he's like, well, what do you believe? And they would tell him what he, they don't believe. Uh, same thing. Yeah. And that was, you know, 20 years ago. <laughs> so I get that. Um, but there is a, I mean, even my relationship with Jesus is still tainted because of who I was and how I grew up. And so it is a yeah. lifetime journey of tiptoeing back into the water of like, okay, do I trust this dude? And I'm still there today, still there, even probably yeah. more so than ever. Um, and it's just weird for me. And that's why when people just go, what's the answer? It's Jesus. What the fuck? What does that mean? <laughs> you know, and Justin, I, if I ever had, if I ever had time to go and write this, I would. And, and, and I, I, there's enough pop psychology here that I think that I think I have an argument is that I think that one of the issues a lot with, with exes is, is that it also gets tied up in their family. It's like, how do mm. I love my family so much? Yeah. And yet they, they subjected me to this, this horrible religious experience sure yeah and 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 that's something you know we did a class um you know looking at jesus again um and that was one of those things that came up was is how much of this was also tied up in sort of anger over family right right and you have to write everett he would write about about that just just about the connection of that a lot of this i think is also connected just sort of to fam like anger over family because they're the ones who who introduce people 
into this religious system. And that's probably a, that's probably a good, um, I don't know, that might be a good episode because what do you have to realize too, and I'm in this and will always be in this also, is you got to recognize that even outside of Christianity, your parents did what the, the, with some, you know, asterisks, the best they could, my parents did the best they could with the yeah. tools they had in their toolbox. And you can't put new yeah. tools in your toolbox unless you have an outside source to put them there and to give them to you. And so I think there is a place in wisdom and maturity combined when you get to it and you go, oh, that's what it was. They were doing the best they could. Uh, but I, I, I hear what you're saying, too, um, about adventuring that and just introducing it to people who have not thought about that too <laughs> but i'm always on that journey <laughs> you remember when jerry or uh, i don't remember it. no it was uh yeah jerry seinfeld on comedians and cars getting coffee was talking to pat oswalt i haven't seen that had one some, he's had some horrible you know things in the last five years or so lost his wife i think but anyway he said he said i was talking to my therapist and and they were starting to make a joke. Jerry said, no matter what, you're, even if you had the best parents in the world, they screw you up. He's like, there's somebody right now talking to their therapist about how, you know, my parents made me meet, made me eat a refried beans all the time. And, and I just can't get over it. <laughs> or something like that. Or I yeah. can't remember his. But uh, I thought that was funny because we all, we all have to. <laughs> renegotiate our parents anything everything our parents did it seems like that mommy as long as we know our kids will do the same thing all right yeah oh yeah absolutely um okay so um let's wrap good here. episode uh <laughs> ever anything to finalize here this i'm more than i can't believe i poured my heart out and started almost i mean i got teary teary on fundamentally drained and everett took that opportunity to say that's a stupidest i like it tom i appreciate it and 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 tom and everett i appreciate it too because you got to have another side because there's not just one side (laughs) so So, i hope everyone leaves here and decides they're going to read the christmas carol so nice now it's the best it's the best it is the best Anything else final for the... This is going to be our final for the year. I'm just banking on it. So, any th- final thoughts, Tom? Nope. Happy New Year. <laughs> I hope that you have a miserable, soul-sucking time of repentance in Advent. And then it's yeah. Christmas. <laughs> Go find <Yeah>. your joy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. All right. Good stuff. Thank you, guys. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy Advent. Happy New Year. Whatever. Hopefully we'll talk to you soon or hear us soon. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at at FunDrainPod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.